0: Welcome back to the official SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. I'm your host, Alex, a.k.a. Bullshit1, joined by my other two hosts, Holt Smash. Holt, what's up?
1: Hey, Alex, how you doing, man? It's good.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm doing all right, man. I'm trying to stay awake for the, for the podcast. I'm doing all right, though. I'll make it. Also joined by other co-hosts, Mr. J.B. Brooks, the casual old Miss fan. What's up JB?
2: I'm doing pretty well, Alex and you definitely need to stay awake for this one because this is the one chance that you get to talk about University of Memphis for five minutes that actually have relevance.
0: Yeah, well, that's where you're wrong. I could, I could talk about Memphis in all the podcasts. I could find a way I think to talk to, to squeeze them in somehow but um, yes, I guess you are right for this one. It would make the most sense to talk about Memphis for the first five minutes of this podcast.
2: So this is,
0: in fact, the Ole Miss podcast. Um, not one of the better teams in the conference this year, but a team with a lot of change from last year. So a lot of, lot of, lot of things going on that we could talk about. Uh, first thing I like to talk about is all of the coaching changes. We still have Matt Luke, the head coach, but we have two new coordinators and Rich Rodriguez and Mike McIntyre. Um, Holt, do you think Rich Rodriguez is gonna take over Matt Luke's job by the end of the year? Um, I think he's got a 50 50 shot, um, between him and uh Matt
1: McIntyre or Mike McIntyre, whatever his name is. How do you um, no. but anyway, yeah, yeah, I uh, I definitely think that Rich Rodriguez would be a top tier candidate, I guess, if they did decide to fire Matt Luke. And I'm not gonna lie, I actually do think Ole Miss is gonna struggle a little bit this year. and I don't think Matt Luke's going to be the long-term answer anyway. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be this year or next year, but I definitely think that, um, you know, we actually talked about this on a preview last year. They're like, Matt Luke really just feels like kind of a bridge guy. um, And then eventually Ole Miss, once they get like their feedback under them from, you know, the NCAA investigation, and all that stuff being behind them. And they can like go out and spend a ton of money on a really big coach. Because we know Ole Miss has money and they're going to spend it. Um, we just don't know when that's going to happen and who they're
0: going to be able to go get. And, JB, how the fuck do you think Matt Luke and Mike McIntyre connected here? That's the, that's the first question I had, but then I did look it up, so I think I do know the answer to this, but I was wondering if you knew the answer to that.
2: Um, your answer is probably as good as mine. I think it's really just Matt Luke uh, swinging it for the fences because after the way that last season ended uh, on a really sour note, you know, losing, you know, five straight, that's not a very good look for your future. It's not good for uh, momentum. So uh, to me, it's just swinging for the fences with the hirings of uh, McIntyre and Rich Rodriguez. But also, you've got two previously successful head coaches uh, peeking over your shoulder too. So, you know, there's definitely pluses and minuses with it. Don't you hate when people peek over your shoulder? <laughs> yeah.
0: How many times old do you think Rich Rodriguez and Mike McIntyre are going to tell Matt Luke this year, what, what the fuck are you doing? This is not how you coach. Well,
1: I don't know, because um, honestly, Rich Rodriguez has already been fired a couple of times, so I'm not sure he's really in a position to be telling anybody outside a coach.
0: Yeah. Hey, well, what I was going to say earlier, JB, is how Matt Luke and Mike McIntyre connected. Yes, I guess he is. Uh, Matt Luke is swinging off the fences, trying to get Mike McIntyre. But the, the original question I had is, what is Matt Luke at Ole Miss reaching out to? a former Colorado coach and Mike McIntyre. Like I know coaches, the coaches circle is kind of small or seems small. Like everybody knows everybody, but it just doesn't make sense for Matt Luke and Ole Miss and then Mike McIntyre and Colorado to connect somehow and become assistant coach for Matt Luke. But then I did some digging, which means I looked on uh, Mike McIntyre's Wikipedia page and there is some overlap between Mike McIntyre and Matt Luke at Ole Miss um, McIntyre was the wide receiver coach and defensive back coach at Ole Miss earlier on in his career from 99 to 2002. And Matt Luke played at Ole Miss, I think, through 98. And it was a GA in 99, I believe. So there is a little overlap. So I guess that's how they knew each other. I was just picturing this as a cold call. Like, they never even knew each other at all. And um, Matt Luke's just like, hey, well, might as well try to get somebody good. Mike McIntyre just got fired. Let me just hire him up real quick.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like, oh, he used to be a head coach. And then Mike McIntyre was like, oh, hey, I'll take
0: your job at the end of next year. And- <laughs> yeah. I wonder if, like, Rich Rodriguez and Mike McIntyre, like, have, like, a. If they, they ate at – where would they eat at in Oxford? Is it Roosters? Is that what it's called, JB?
2: Oh, no, they would eat at Ajax. That's definitely a top place. To is, go there. is Roosters
0: in Oxford? Or I'm thinking about something else.
2: No, there was a Roosters, but I believe that bar. I try to remember if that bar is even still in existence. We'll need some, uh, you know, old miss people that are you know big time fans to confirm that. But I mean, Ajax is definitely the top go to place for food. I mean, there's a lot of great places in Oxford. It's it's definitely a good town for but food. Don't
0: don't try the barbecue, right?
2: Yeah, don't try the barbecue. Also, the rib cake. That name of that barbecue place that that's a kind of a small chain in Alabama, Mississippi. Is it Moe's or something like that, or not Mo's?
0: To my dreamland or chains? Chains rib shack,
2: barbecue. Yeah, that's, that's that's where it's in the rib cage now and on the square.
0: Do you think? Do you think more people like Gus's and Oxford or Ajax?
2: I mean, Gus's you only get one thing, at Ajax they have a huge swath of items. I would probably think most people are going to be partial to Ajax because it is an Oxford staple. You know, Gus's is now a chain.
0: Oh, did, at your time at state, when if you ever ran into somebody from Ole Miss or Oxford or that way, do you think they claim they're from Memphis? Like I know they they probably claim they're from Oxford when they're like in a college situation, but do you think they claim they're from Memphis since they're so close to Memphis?
1: Um, no, I don't think so. Um, I, I mean, obviously, Ole Miss has a ton of people who are from Memphis, and I mean, I think they definitely claim Memphis, but. I don't think people who just, like, go or from, like, Texas or Atlanta or something, they go to Ole Miss, like, claim Memphis at all. I think it's just kind of like a, you know, it's like an hour away.
0: So they may fly to the airport, but that's about it. One well, thing about the state of Mississippi, I think there's a lot of strong uh, state of Mississippi pride. I mean, there's obviously the, the, the gap or difference between Ole Miss and Mississippi State and, I guess, Southern Miss too. But there's a lot of Mississippi pride in the state as opposed to Tennessee, where there's, like, the Memphis pride, there's the Nashville pride, and then there's, like, the Knoxville, or there's really just Memphis and everybody else in Tennessee or everybody else that wishes Memphis was part of Arkansas. Um, I don't know if you've experienced that while you're at State Hall, but it seems like everybody in Mississippi is, like, proud to be from the state of Mississippi, not necessarily one small town. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of Mississippi, and, you know, I mean –
1: Uh, it's just one of those things I feel like where everyone in the country kind of, like, lives down on the state of Mississippi, and so there's kind of, like, that little bit of, like, pride to, like, be from there and, like, you know, be like, hey, like, I've lived here my whole life, and I love it, and, you know, I don't care what anybody else says, kind of, like, a feeling to it.
0: What I was going to ask, JB, do you think Rich Rodriguez and Mike McIntyre met up at Ajax and were like, okay, we're going to have to figure this out? Like, we're both head coaches, but we both can't take the job when Matt Luke gets fired, so... Which one of us should do it? Is that you think that like happened? You think they have some kind of gentleman's agreement about how the season's going to end?
2: No, I don't think that that'll have anything to do with it. I think both of them are just trying to uh, establish their careers at this point. But I would imagine that one or both of them will possibly be candidates if Matt Luke isn't the guy.
0: Yeah, it's always it's always weird whenever you hear coaches talk, or especially assistant coaches in this case, because like they on camera into their team, they have to be positive. But somewhere in the back of their head, they know like what, what reality is. And they know this most likely isn't going to be a great Ole Miss team this year. I mean, they, they have to know. I mean, they, Ole Miss could prove us wrong. This is the first year they're bowl eligible in, what, two years, I think. And uh, they could prove us wrong. And, um, you know, hopefully they, they show, show us what's up and pull a Kentucky and just, you know, win 10 games or whatever it is. But they're just their outlook's not too strong this year. And I wonder if just the assistant coaches or even Matt Luke know, knows in the back of his head that man, it's going to be a tough year. We're really going to have to fight hard to get, like, five wins.
2: Yeah, I mean, considering what they lost on offense last year, I mean, they, in, in the schedule they have, you know, de- that they're dealt with this season, they definitely have their work cut out. In order to get to a bowl, and they will be bowl eligible with six wins this year. They come off probation, so this year they are fighting for a bowl bid.
0: I was reading an article about Ole Miss offense, and I guess they were just trying to do it for every SEC team, and they were saying like, can't like they were doing it for every SEC team, but they were they they did it for Ole Miss, and they said, can Ole Miss's offense be better than last year? And I was like, why would you even start writing this article? Like, I think the obvious answer is no. Um, they lost so much from last year. Oh, out of all the players they lost last year, who was the most important player they lost or the that one's going to hurt the most?
2: Um,
1: I mean, that's a really tough question. I mean, I'd probably just say A.J. Brown because um, just because he was so reliable and he was so versatile um, as a receiver. I mean, I think losing Jordan Talmud is a big deal also. It's just that, you know, with Teyama, I feel like Corral stepping in like could fill that role. I feel like he's going to be a, a solid quarterback uh, for them, and I just don't know if they're going to be able to find that like go-to receiver on third down um, that A.J. Brown was last year. So, I think that's probably like the, the biggest concern. I mean, I guess we don't really know for sure about Matt Corral until so he plays, but I feel like we're all pretty confident that he's going to be solid uh, from what we saw from him last year.
0: Isn't that funny how it works out because um, we were <laughs> – Jordan Tiamo wasn't even the, the starter. It was – God, what's his name? The Michigan quarterback. I can't think of his name. Who, who again? Shea Patterson. Yeah, right. He was like the next Johnny Menzel, and I don't know if he legitimately committed to Ole Miss because he loved Ole Miss or because his brother was the wide receivers coach at the same time or, or for whatever reason. He ends up transferring to Michigan, and he's pretty good still at Michigan. But Jordan Tiamo stepped in, and I think – I don't know. I think he was actually better at Ole Miss or maybe he's like a better fit for what Matt Luke does on offense, which is kind of funny to think about like he hired Rich Rodriguez on offense. because It seems like they don't really have any trouble with scoring points, just the defense needs to get better. But that's another topic altogether.
1: So. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, the defense has been the biggest question mark for Ole Miss the last few years. And they do return a lot of guys this year. Um you know, but that being said, they returned a lot of guys off of defense that really struggled last year. So, it's going to be really, you know, interesting to see if they're able to take that step forward. I mean, obviously, they have a lot of experience now. Mike McIntyre is, you know, a really experienced coach, and he's used to getting a lot out of a little um, during his time uh, as a coach on the defensive side of the ball. So, you know, it's it'll be, you know, really exciting and interesting to see, like, what they look like on defense this year. I definitely expect them to take a step forward, but, The real question is how big of a step forward can they take on the defensive side of the ball? Because if they're anything like they were last year, it's just impossible to win games. I mean, it's just like when your defense is that bad, you know, the other team can pretty much dictate the entire pace of the game. And it doesn't really matter how many points your offense scores because, you know, your defense can't do anything. And the offense can either score as quick as they want to or as slow as they want to. And it's just like there's not really anything you can do to stop them. You know what I mean? So, um, that's definitely going to be a huge deal this year. They don't really have – they don't have to be great on defense. They just have to get to the point where
0: they're, like, respectable. Yeah, you know, we make a big deal about returning starters in the offseason for offensive defense. But for Ole Miss, for defense, I mean, if they had 10, 11 returning starters on defense, I don't even know if that would be a good thing because their defense was so bad last year. You might want them all to be gone and just start over with whoever can have a better mentality on playing committed defense. It was, it was bad last year. Um, but, Jeff, I got a question for you. Uh, we talk about Ole Miss's passing game and the receivers, but nobody talks about Scottie Phillips, the running back. Scottie Phillips ran for 928 yards last year with 12 touchdowns. Um, the question is, he's a senior now. Do you think he can improve from last year and get over 1,000 yards and more touchdowns, or do you think it's going to be a little bit harder because their offense isn't going to be as explosive passing, so there's not going to be – as much uh, as many, de- there's not the defense isn't going to be as lax for him when, him whenever he
2: runs it. Well, in Rich Rod's system, I could see Scotty Phillips uh, getting more um, touches than he did in the previous regime. I, and plus, in the beginning of the season, I kind of think they're going to re- be uh, leaning on Scotty Phillips early on because you know they're breaking in a uh, freshman quarterback in Matt Crowell who did see some time last year, but will be a Redshirt freshman this year. So I, I expect uh, Phillips to get a lot of touches. This year, and I think, it's re- I think it's reasonable to think he can get over a 1,000. But it doesn't mean that the offense itself is going to be better. I think it's just going to be by virtue that he's going to be the most experienced school position player back this this next season.
0: Actually, I don't know about y'all, but I kind of think that Matt Corral could actually be better than, than Jordan Tiamo. Um, he might not have his great stats because he doesn't have the weapons for the wide receivers, but I think he might be a better overall quarterback than Tiamo. Um, that remains to be seen. But one question I have about him is he's obviously a highly ranked recruit coming in to Ole Miss. Uh, he was 63rd national and 247 four-star quarterback, but he was a pro or he was listed as a pro-style quarterback. So that's my only concern here. Holt is that he's a pro-style quarterback that's pretty good. Does that concern you at all? Because Rich Rodriguez normally has dual-threat quarterbacks that he takes advantage of whenever he, or he I guess uses that running ability to their advantage and his system the most. We think of Pat White and the um, Arizona quarterback from a couple years ago. Yeah. Denard Robinson as well. It's kind of, kind of stay on the hold, but.
1: I was going to, I was just saying uh, Denard Robinson as well. Alice, can you hear me? Yeah, sorry about that, Alex. Um, I think we're just having some technical difficulties here. But uh, I was just mentioning that Denard Robinson also was a pretty good dual threat quarterback. And um, I just have to ask, like, um, like remember that movie Rookie of the Year with like the manager who like kept getting the pitcher's name wrong and kept call- you know like, his name was Henry Rowan Gardner, but he just kept always calling him something like wrong and different. That's like kind of how you are about Jordan Tealmo. Like you just like always calling the wrong name, but it's like always something different.
0: Well, it's, it's, I'm, I'm doing my Mac Brown impression. He always has trouble with uh, Fuente whenever he was coaching. So I like just call him whatever, whatever comes to mind. And whatever comes to mind is usually not not correct by most standards. So I've never met him officially, so he's never corrected me on his last name pronunciation. I remember so last I'm... year
1: you, you were calling him Tamu, like
0: Shamu. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that was my favorite. <laughs> Tamu
0: Shamu still can't win a game.
2: <laughs> he said it so confidently too, like Jordan Tamu.
0: Well, but what, yes, what I, I
2: just... do. I do agree. Back back
1: to your point. Um, you know, I mean, this is going to be an interesting situation with you know being more of a, a pocket passer, but he has some athleticism, and we know Scott what Scotty Phillips can do in the running game, so he can kind of shoulder the load there. Um, but also as well, um, just want to point out like. You know, they have a five-star true freshman running back, Jerry Ealy, who's going to be a monster for them as well. So, I mean, they're definitely going to have guys to give the ball to. And I think that, you know, hopefully uh, for Ole Miss's sake that Rodriguez can kind of cater his offense a little bit more to the passing game. And at the same time, I mean, I don't think he's ever had receivers this good. You know what I mean? I mean, we don't see a lot of proven guys, but we know these guys have talent. I mean, um, Elijah Moore played a lot last year, and he was really impressive for them. Braylon uh, Sanders is a guy. Uh, who played a lot last year as well. Who's like a solid receiver. So I mean, I don't think he's ever actually had it as well. So or a quarterback who can throw as well as um, as well as Corral can. So it'll be interesting to
0: see like kind of what this offense looks like. I just noticed, Hold, that Ely is a five-star recruit from Flowood. So that brings the question: Did you ever dine with him at the local Canes? Um, well, assuming, uh, how,
1: or considering how often I ate there, like the odds of him being there one of those times was probably pretty good.
0: Yeah. Did you, did you know he was in Flowood while you were
1: there? Yes, I did. I actually wanted to go see him play baseball a few times, but every time I was about to go see him, it got rained out.
0: Was he better in baseball?
1: Um, I mean, I think going into his senior year, he was kind of considered to be like a like, actually, like, a first-round, like, type talent. Um, but for whatever reason, he kind of fell off a little bit. And I think the fact that uh, teams knew that he could – you know, he was a really good football recruit as well. Uh, teams were maybe a little bit shy to draft him, like, really high. So, he ended up dropping down a little bit. And, you know, luckily for all Miss, is going to be, um, you know, rolling in college now.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I see a 31st-round draft pick. You learn something new every day. I was just thinking he was a good football player, but I know he's a good baseball So, is he going to play baseball at Ole Miss, too? I believe so. I don't think he signed his
1: baseball contract. Um, so, he should be able to play baseball. I, I don't know. You know, like, I don't know, like, what his. Uh, I assume just from his actions that he loves football more because I feel like if he was more of a baseball sort Of, you know. Probably signed to play baseball instead, and I think he. I think part of the reason why he dropped so far, like I was saying, is because teams knew that he wanted to play football. So to me, that means that, from what I can tell, that football is like his, his passion and his love. So, you know, I definitely think that football is going to come first. But I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him on the diamond as well. For uh, for old Coach Bianco.
0: <laughs> um, Jamie, we we know the defense has got awful or was got awful last year, and we don't know if it's going to be too much better. But it, I, it could really get. Uh, from last year, but what can you tell me about the defense this year to get excited about? Is there any players that we should know about from Ole Miss on the defense side?
2: Yeah, I mean, start off, their defense last year, do you know how badly ranked their defense was in total yards and in total uh, 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 points allowed as well?
0: How many, there's like, what, 120 Division One
2: football teams now, I think, so it has to be it's like, like It's over 120. It used to be 122. I think it might be Maybe one twenty six, one twenty seven now, but they give you perspective. Okay, but perspective here, they were fourteenth in scoring defense and fourteenth in the SEC in total defense, and also they were one hundred thirteenth in the nation in scoring defense, one hundred twenty first in the nation in total defense. You cannot get any worse than that. That is god awful shitty. That is that's such a disgrace for conference. Yeah, I mean. Anybody can walk through that defense. I mean, I mean, I could, I could probably stand up a quarterback and go against that defense and probably get you five, ten yards every play, as bad as that is. And hold, I would hold, hold, how
0: much would you like to see JB play play offense or defense for Ole Miss, against Ole Miss?
1: Well, I will tell you that I worked like twelve hours of overtime this week, and I'd probably give like my whole next paycheck to see that. <laughs>
0: What what would be the most entertaining position? Would it be running back, or would it be him playing like linebacker, defensive line, trying to like tackle somebody? No, I feel like him having the ball would probably be the best. <laughs> hey, I hey, JB. Know was... that,
1: like I know most of the people listening, like have never seen JB before, so they maybe don't appreciate it. Um, but I do want to answer your question because J- JB didn't really. Um, but I think Benito Jones, a defensive lineman, is, is a real beast. I, I think he's a really good player. I think he definitely could have gone pro last year, but I think it was kind of a smart decision to hold back a year because, you know, the defensive line um, NFL class last year was just so deep that uh, he wasn't going to get as much value as he'll probably get this year. But he's a really good player um, on that defensive line, and he's kind of like, you know, the leader for them. And Miles Hartsfield, I feel like, has been there since, like, you know, since Eli was there. So, he's finally a senior this year, and it's going to be, uh, you know, a more a, just a reliable veteran, solid player. I mean, they don't really have a lot of superstars in defense, but they've got a lot of experience now, as I was saying earlier. So, you know, they're not going to be as bad as they were last year. They're definitely going to take a step forward. It's just how big of a step can they
0: take. Right. Hold, do you keep Ole Miss pretty close to you, or, like, do you follow them just because they're, like, the enemy? So, you you know – what they're doing, pretty, pretty, pretty well as well. Um, I mean, honestly, I
1: don't personally. A lot of Mississippi State fans do. Um, I definitely will watch all their games during football season, um, and I do enjoy rooting against them. Um, I was actually thinking about this before the podcast. So I knew you were going to ask me, but like, it's so hard to like rank my like hated teams because like I hate different teams for different reasons. You know what I mean? So like, like I hate Ole Miss in like a different way. I hate I hate Ole Miss in Tennessee in a different way than I hate Auburn. You know what I mean? Like, I hate probably those three teams the most. But like, that's just like I just hate them all in different ways. It's kind of hard to explain. Yeah, I don't get but, it. No, I don't. I don't keep up with it as much as like a lot of people do. A lot, a lot of state fans like really enjoy like keeping up with like everything that's going on at Ole Miss, just so they can like make fun of them when they do something stupid. And I mean, I'm all for that. But like, you know, I just don't really have enough time to like keep up
0: with what Ole Miss is doing most of the time, honestly. And we're gonna try to keep our Ole Miss shit talking to to a respectable level, not like a overkill. Because while me and you don't love Ole Miss, we still have a our, our duty here to tell the good good fans of Ole Miss and that Southeastern Conference how the season's gonna look. Um, so, uh, the last question I want to ask you, Hold, before we get into the schedule and the last like maybe last shit talking about Ole Miss is. Between Matt Luke and Mac, Mike M- McIntyre, who makes the funnier faces? I mean, I'd still have to go Matt Luke. I mean, I really would. I think
1: JB would agree. Um, he's just – I don't know. He's just a goofy-looking guy. I mean, he's – I mean, he definitely seems like a really good guy and, like, a really respectable guy. And, obviously, the players love playing for him and, like, all that stuff. But, I mean, at the end of the day, he does make some goofy faces.
2: Yeah, I really do like Matt Luke. and. I want him to succeed at all Miss, you know, especially with him being an alum. Like, I'm rooting for the guy. But uh, he's definitely got a lot to prove this upcoming season.
1: Yeah, and uh, I definitely agree with you there, JB. Um, <laughs> I think Alex just decided he was going to, like, get up and leave the room for a second. And I'm like, We're, we can't see him, so I think he just left. They're going to talk for a few minutes. So I'm just going to go get a glass
0: of water. <laughs> hey, how, how's Mike Mac, McIntyre doing Ole Miss? All right. I'm going to take a shit now. <laughs> it's, it's uh no, it's not quite that bad. It's just the audio is cutting in and out. So I'm trying to do my best here. Um, there's a, there's actually a storm coming through Atlanta right now. And like the power is going in and out right now. So I'm kind of holding on for dear life while we do this podcast live.
1: Yeah. Well, you hope you don't wash away. Hopefully, uh, oopa has got a, uh, you know, holding it
0: down. She got the towels.
1: <laughs> <running>. <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what, what happens. Also um, see dog too. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much that would help, but maybe something. you right. Um, it's better. I guess it's better to go down with someone than go down alone. I think that's the moral of the story. I don't know if y'all got the storm in Memphis today, but it's, uh, it's supposed to, like, rain here from now until, like, tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon, I think.
2: Not here. But... No. I pretty <clears throat> solid.
1: I don't really Maybe. keep up with the weather at all. It's just kind of – I just kind of, like, look outside before I go somewhere.
0: Yeah, there's there's definitely – I mean, not to get too off topic, but there's there's those people who, like, know exactly what the weather's going to do every single day. I feel like JB's one of them. Like, JB, oh, Yeah, it's okay.
2: the- so, I definitely, I definitely put myself in that class. Like, I like to know what the weather is. I always, that's like one of the first things I do when I wake up in the morning is look at my weather app, and it'll kind of just tell me how my day's gonna go. A lot of times, what I'm gonna wear, and how I'm gonna adjust. <laughs> you're
0: a you're a good good team, mom. I um I only do it for running reasons. If I have to run outside, which is every day, so I need to make sure it's not raining. But nonetheless. We are going to talk about this Ole Miss schedule, and the very first game on the schedule is this Memphis game. But before we get to talk about this Ole Miss Memphis rivalry at the Liberty Bowl, let's just talk about their schedule in terms of high level and general terms. So they they have a tough schedule as usual, uh, just because they play in the SEC West. But Then they have a tough non conference games with the, that big Memphis game. But here's here's the here's the funny part: is that it's really it's not as bad as it seems because they um the of louisiana obviously is not a tough opponent new mexico state's not tough and then they play california and that seems like a tough game but california is not a good team would you agree jb uh
2: definitely not as good as they have been in the past you know like those uh, jeff Tedford teams and even a few of those sunny dykes teams were good but definitely not as good as what we've seen in the past you know decade
0: Paul, do you have to discount Pac-12 teams just because they play in the Pac-12 now? No, I don't think so. I think they
1: get kind of a bad rap. I think that uh, I think like there aren't any great teams out there, and that's kind of why they get such a bad rap. I actually think that they're a better commerce than the Big 12, but the Big 12 has Oklahoma, so people kind of like forget about it. But they don't really have any dominant teams right now, and I feel like that's part of the problem. I think the, like the the floor of the Pac-12, aside from maybe like Oregon State, is actually pretty high. Um, I think they play, like, some pretty decent football out there as far as, like, just not being terrible. And California's actually got, like, a really good secondary this year. So I'm excited to, uh, to talk about that. They got one of the – maybe the better secondaries in the country. A lot of people don't know that.
0: I do not know that. I know the um, California wide receiver transferred to back to Georgia, the five-star. D-Rob. I forgot his, his full name, but it's D-Rob. I saw it on Twitter. On the Twitters. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so let's just talk in general terms. Um, JB, can they win six games and get to a bowl game this year?
2: <clears throat> I definitely think they can. Uh, but I think, sadly, that's really like the ceiling for this team this year, if I have to uh, be blunt about it. I mean, maybe they're ceiling seven. But I think, honestly, maybe Hold will agree, I think their ceiling. When you look at the, of the schedule, might be six games. Uh, it's, it's, it's a tougher schedule. And, you know, just comparing what they lost on offense and how bad the defense was last year, like – their defense is going to have to take a monster step this upcoming season, I think, in order to compete for a bowl. And because you're expected, we're expecting the offense to definitely take a drop off from last year, even with the addition of Richrod. I don't think it's going to drop off that much, but it's really going to matter of how much the defense improves from last year. I mean, you can't get any worse, but it's going to have to take a massive step, I think, in order for Ole Miss to compete in the SEC and compete for a bowl bid.
0: Holds, uh, despite how much for shit-talking Ole Miss and how bad they're supposed to be this year. Are you still nervous about the Egg ball? Um, I mean, I'm always pretty nervous about
1: the Egg honestly, because it's kind of one of those games where, like, it really doesn't matter how good the teams are. Like, really anything can happen. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely kind of concerned about it. I pretty much always am. And hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully nothing weird happens this year, but I
0: feel like it probably will. <laughs> Usually does. Um, do you have a floor for almost? or let me, let me just, I guess, rephrase that. Is there a scenario – I see actually two scenarios when you look at their schedule. Um, you know, look at their first four games. Those are all winnable games. They actually could start out 4-0, which would be crazy to think about. But do you think this is a scenario where they lose the first one to Memphis and lose to Arkansas – beat Southeastern Louisiana, lose the count. to California, start off one and three, and then they have a tough-ass schedule from there. Do you think they win, like, two or three games and then Matt Luke's fired before the end of the year? Do you see it going that way more likely than them getting four or five wins? No, I mean, honestly,
1: like, we've been joking around a lot, but I actually do expect Ole Miss to let Matt Luke finish the season. And, I mean, I'm not even guaranteeing that they're going to fire him this year. I just think that it's going to happen, like, either this year or next year. But that being said... Uh, to answer your question, I mean, I, you know, I think they've got a solid shot to start off 4-0, um, you know, but as you were talking about, also start like 1-3 and depending on, you know, there, there's one game they should win in the first four, and then there's three games that could sort of go either way. So, you know, it, it really just depends. But uh, I expect them to be at least 2-2 and in those games. I feel like 2-2 and is kind of like worst-case scenario for them starting off. Uh, But then once they get into the meat of the SEC schedule, that's really going to be, you know, where we find out about this team. It will
0: be interesting to watch, nonetheless. All all SEC games are fun to watch, despite
2: how bad or good teams are. I think they're all fun to watch. For sure. And let me – I'll add one more thing before we get started on it. Uh, To me, there's four swing games for Ole Miss that they have to win that are pivotal for them in order to make a bowl. Those games are – Three of them are in the first four. The game at Memphis and also the game at home against Arkansas, the home game against California, and another home game against Vanderbilt. They have to win all four of those games, in my opinion, for them to make a bowl this year. I think if they lose, if they stumble in one of those games, it's going to be a really tough road for them to uh, get to a bowl, because then you're going to ask ask them to win at Missouri, beat A&M at home, win at Auburn, win at Mississippi State, or beat LSU at home. and You're asking them to win three of those, and that's really tough.
0: <laughs> yeah. We'll see, though. We'll see what happens. Let's start off the schedule, though, one by one here. Going to Memphis, for the big rivalry game. Uh, 11 a.m. Central Time, ABC Prime Time. or oh, not Prime Time, excuse me. 11 a.m. It's Prime Time for Memphis at 11 a.m., but um, a shitty time
2: nonetheless.
0: Uh, JB, you will be at
2: this game, correct? That is correct. I will be at this game. I'm looking forward to it. I will – be wearing as minimal clothing as possible I'll be ready to uh in the- a thong. yeah J-B maybe I To lose about 10 pounds of water weight at this game too I am attending this game my friend's dad her her dad and I are going to be attending this game together just us two I'm glad to go I'll be happy to see this game I think it's going to be a really exciting game too I'm also going to be you know miserable in the heat but that's what happens when you get an 11 a.m. start and, the, you know, Labor Day weekend, it's going to be a blazer. But as for the game, I think it's going to be really fun on the field, too. I think both teams' offenses are going to score a lot of points. Uh, Memphis's defense and Ole Miss' defense are alike. They both struggled last year, but they both have a lot of experience. So, it's really going to be about which defense takes a bigger step from last year to this year. And uh, But the one difference is that Memphis has a lot of players from last year's offense, too, compared to Ole Miss, who doesn't have a lot coming back. And also, but- Memphis the home team here, and I am going Tigers in this one in an upset, winning at home against the Ole Miss Rebels.
0: A couple of things. You said Memphis the home team. You have to say that kind of with an asterisk because when Memphis plays an SEC team, it's usually – I don't know if it's quite 50-50, but, like, it depends. If it's Tennessee, like, there's probably more Tennessee fans at the Liberal than Memphis. Ole Miss it's probably closer 50-50. Uh, so it's not a true home game in Memphis, uh, but I, I don't know. Actually, I take that back because last time Memphis beat Ole Miss in Memphis, I think there was more Memphis fans there, um, but it's not, a, it's not it doesn't feel like a true home game because Ole Miss is so close to Memphis, so it's not going to be um, as much of a home field advantage as you would think. Um, that's point one. Point two, um, Memphis beating Ole Miss would not be an upset. <laughs> Memphis actually is favored in this game by, like, very small scores, like one or two points, something like that. So nothing.
2: Yeah, I mean, it is by uh, Vegas. I think Memphis is a six-point favorite in Vegas. But when you look at, like, the uh, data and, like, the computers, uh, Ole Miss on paper is still supposed to be a better team. I think they're a 51.8% favorite over uh, Memphis on the uh, ESPN-FPI, you know, the football power index. But that's kind of amazing that when you look at the talent discrepancy, that's what it factors in. Like, Ole Miss is – considered to be, you know, one of the, you know, the 12th, 13th, 14th best team in the SEC and Memphis is, you know, is supposed to be the second or third best team in the American. And that just shows the talent discrepancy, you know, when they're both like the, the line is almost even between the two. Right. Um, on the Memphis side,
0: uh, this is what I know more than anything is that um, they have a returning quarterback, Brady White, but he can't throw the ball past like 30, or 40 yards, but he is pretty accurate with a little uh, bubble screens, as you like to call them, JB. The very favorite play of the Memphis playbook is the bubble screen. Yes. Um, and then they have no Daryl Henderson, but they do have Tony Pollard back, and Tony mm-hmm. Pollard's a pretty good running back. I think he's on some of the preseason watch list for running backs. Um, so good offense, of course, from both sides probably because Memphis' defense isn't great, and Ole Miss' offense is usually pretty pretty decent. So um, high-scoring game I would expect, but I don't know what to – I don't want to pick the game, so I'll just leave it to Holt.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna force your hand here, Alex, because I'm actually gonna pick Ole Miss to win this one. Um, I just I just really like uh Ole Miss on uh like their running backs. I just really like to be able to run the ball on on Ole Miss or on uh, Memphis. Um and I just think that Ole Miss's defense is gonna come out and play well in this game. I don't think they're gonna play good. I just keep thinking about the Texas Tech game last year and about how they just came out and like it was supposed to be a really high scoring game and you know, I mean Texas Tech scored by get Hurt in this in that game, but I mean, I just really – I just remember how they came out and they played, like, really well in that first game. So, I don't know. For some reason, that's just stuck in my mind, and I just think they're going to come out and uh, have a really good game. I think it's going to be a close game, but I'm going to pick Ole Miss to to get the win here. I just think they have a little bit more talent overall. And, um, you know, I just think they're going to be ready to play. I feel like they feel really disrespected, and they know that if
0: they're going to make a bowl game this year, this is one they have to win. What scares me most about this is how hyped up Ole Miss is for this game. I, I think I heard or read something about like Matt Luke putting like beat Memphis posters up in the locker room. I'm like they shouldn't be doing that for Memphis. They should be doing that against Alabama or Mississippi State or Auburn, but they shouldn't be doing that for Memphis. And when they're doing that for Memphis, it just makes me so nervous that they're like ready to play this game. And there's a couple of, couple of things on ads that uh, 11 a.m. games, 11 a.m. ABC games are Memphis's like best best games ever. Maybe UCLA. When they played 11 a.m. a couple years ago, they beat Ole Miss at 11 a.m. They beat Houston when they were ranked uh, pretty highly that year. They beat Louisville when Louisville was good with Lamar Jackson. So 11 a.m. is a good time for Memphis on Saturday, the prime time, or excuse me, the I guess it's prime time. I don't know what you call it. 11 a.m. ABC game, so it's the center of attention for everyone to see. Um, so they do play well, but then at the same time, I like Mark Mike Norvell, but then he kind of chokes in some big games too. Um, and I think this is one that they that they might choke because I think Ole Miss is probably more hyped for this than one than Memphis. So I'm probably going to pick Ole Miss, believe it or not, because I think um, it, it reminds me a lot. Whenever I think it was D'Angelo's junior or senior year, and they had, Ole Miss had Patrick Willis, and I was so hyped for that game. That was one I thought for sure Memphis was going to win because it's at the Liberty Ball and Ole Miss ended up winning, I think, ten to six, and D'Angelo didn't go anywhere. And I think it's I don't think it's going to be that defensive game, but I think um, I think Ole Miss is going to come ready to play, and their talent's going to outshine Memphis. Uh, so I think Ole Miss is going to win. Whew, that's a lot. Uh, hopefully all the other ones won't be as hard as that. Game coming
2: at home at uh, JB. Yeah, this was uh, one really hard to, for me to pick because, you know, last year um, Ole Miss played Arkansas and Little Rock in and- – that was a really close game. It was actually one of the better games of the season. I mean, Ole Miss escaped uh, Little Rock with a thirty-seven, thirty-three victory. And Arkansas has got a lot of players coming back from my last year's team and got another year under uh, their belt uh, with Chad Morrison. They're also kind of in the same boat as Ole Miss. Uh, they're looking to try to compete for a bowl bid this year. And the winner of this game will, you know, be I, I wouldn't call in the driver's seat, but definitely in a better position than the loser. But I am going to go with Ole Miss in this one. Uh, their second game, I think this game is important for Ole Miss. Uh, they need to win this one at home. Like I pointed out before we started talking about the schedule, this is one of the four swing games that they have to win in order to be in bulk contention. So this is the game. This is one of those games that I think Ole Miss does win this one. Holt. Yeah, I um, I agree.
1: I'm picking Ole Miss as well, but I, I want to say that Arkansas is really going to come into this game uh, excited play. I think this is a game that they really have circled on their calendar. Is like, you know, this is their opportunity to, you know, get a win early in the season, get an SEC win early in the season, and uh, kind of prove to everybody that they're moving in the right direction. Um, you know, they they had some good moments last year. I mean, obviously, they put up a lot of points in Alabama. They sort of kept it close with LSU uh, scoring a cold touchdowns at the end of that game um, and only losing about seven. Um, but then the way they finished the season, like getting blown out by Mississippi state and then uh, Missouri just really, you know, kind of, kind of made you have some questions. Like, are they really moving in the right direction? Does Chad Morris really have this team under control and does he really know what he's doing? Um, they bring in a lot of really talented players this year. They had a really solid recruiting class, especially um, at the skill positions on offense. So, you know, I'm really excited to see this team this year and what they look like, and um, you know, I'm really excited to play this game. Uh, but I'm going to go with Ole Miss just because it's their first big home game, and I think it's going to be a big crowd. And, um, you know, I just – I just, I think that Ole Miss's offense is going to – I mean, they're not going to be as good as they were last year, but I don't think they're going to be terrible either. I think they're going to be a pretty solid unit, and I think they're going to be able to put us some points on Arkansas. And um, I'm still just not really sure what to expect out of Arkansas offensively, and um, you know I just I think Ole Miss is going to get a pretty hard-fought win in this one. I'm thinking maybe you know 34 to 27 or something like that. Just a just a really fun game, and you know every time Ole Miss and Arkansas play, you know it's going to be a crazy game. So
0: I definitely expect some fireworks in this one, and I think uh, Ole Miss is going to come out with a win. Two and and0 Ole Miss takes on Southeastern Louisiana. This is one we probably don't need to talk about, so I'll just chalk it up as a win. But, funny, I don't know how well you know Southeast Louisiana, either of you, but I was thinking, like, is this one of those teams, like, in the Sun Belt that you don't really think about? Because you know how, like, they have Louisiana, Lafayette, Monroe. Was like, maybe this is one of those teams. And I was like, oh, no, it's the FCS team. I don't know if y'all knew that or not.
2: hmm Yep.
0: Okay, well, I guess I'm just a dumbass. Excuse me. They, uh, they do play at Strawberry Stadium. I did like to I do want to point that out, is that I think that's pretty cool that they play at Strawberry Stadium. Moving on though, three zero. Ole Miss takes on California again at home. I kind of looked out with the way their schedule worked. They played two of their tough games to uh, start the year at home. Um, this is another one. This is a California team that we said it's not great team, but they did go seven and six last year, but they were picked fifth in the Pac twelve North. So that's probably not a good good look for them. So probably not as tough as a game as you would think, right, JB?
2: Yeah, like I I do like uh, California's coach, Justin Wilcox. I do think he's uh, going to get that program stable and uh, you know a bowl contender every year once he gets it stabilized. But uh, like you said, uh, they did have a 7-6 season last year. Or I think, what was it, 7-6? I think that was correct. Uh, they lost their bowl game, in an ugly bowl game. Actually, 10-7 was the final in that one. The bowl games of the season. But uh, I like uh, Ole Miss in this one at home. I mean, you look at the talent level between the Pac-12 currently and the SEC. I mean, the Pac-12 right now is definitely the worst Power 5 conference of the Power 5 uh, conferences. Ole Miss and, and California, you look at them, they're both near the bottom of each conference. But you got to give the edge to the home team here. It's hard to go from you know the Western time zone to the Central time zone and get a win. I don't know what time this game's supposed to start, but I'm going to go with uh, Ole Miss here. This is... Like I said, this is one of the uh, four swing games on their schedule. I'm
0: going with Ole Miss here. Oh, you're going to make
2: it 4-0? Yeah, I'm going to go
1: with Ole Miss in this one, but I have a little bit more respect for California than you all do. I think they're a really solid team. I think Justin Wilcox is a really solid defensive mind. He's going to have a really good game plan. I wouldn't be surprised at all if this is a lower-scoring game than Ole Miss fans are used to seeing. Um, I think he's going to throw a lot at them. Um, As I mentioned earlier, California has one of the best secondaries in the country. Um, my guy Phil Steele has him as the second best uh, secondary in the country ahead of Alabama. Well, ahead of everybody except for LSU. So I mean, you can kind of figure it out for yourself. So they're obviously really loaded on the back end. They're very experienced, and you know Justin Wilcox being a defensive guy, as I was stating earlier. So uh, don't be surprised if California gets Ole Miss a run for their money in this game. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they won it. Um, but I'm going to go with Ole Miss in this one just because I think they have a little bit more firepower on offense and more ability to make explosive plays.
0: 4-0 and o Ole Miss comes back to reality in this next week, playing Alabama at Alabama. Um, I'm pretty sure we both – all three of us are going to pick Alabama this game. The only question I have for you, too, is how much is Alabama going to win by? Let's start with you, Holt.
1: Um, 34. 34 points.
0: JB? We'll go 35. (laughs) What a dick move. Um, (laughs) No, Alex is going to (laughs) go 33. One dollar, one dollar, Bob. (laughs) (laughs) At what point do y'all think this game is going to be over? Is it going to be the end of the first quarter? Or, like, do you think it's going to be, like, a 21 to nothing later than the the first?
2: Well, you know, I don't want to, like, say, like, this is not like shitting on Ole Miss at all because Alabama is going to have a lot of games over uh, early in the games against most of their opponents this year. I mean, they're going to absolutely roll through their SEC schedule. I mean, they're just on a different level from pretty much all the other programs. I mean, there's, you can count on one hand how many teams on their schedule that can probably give them a run for their money for more than, you know, a half. But uh, I'm going to, but I think this game is probably going to be over at halftime. I mean, I mean, it's, it's not the shit on Ole Miss at all. It's just because Alabama is just that good. I mean, Alabama's team here could be better than what they were last year, and that's really amazing to say.
1: I don't, if any All Miss fans are feeling like we're shitting on them for picking Alabama to beat them, then they need to just, like, come back down to reality because, I mean, it's going to be picked to beat everybody. So, I don't think any, I don't think any Ole Miss fans are going to be offended by us picking Alabama to win this game.
0: Hold is this one of those games you turn on to watch for a little bit, but after the first quarter you stop watching because there's definitely other games to watch besides this one?
1: I mean, I guess it just depends on what else is on. I mean, last year I watched every second of this game because I had a lot of money on the over, and Nick Saban just decided that he felt bad for Ole Miss and he was just going to stop <laughs> scoring.
0: <laughs> so you, the one time you bet on, for Alabama, you lost? Well,
1: I bet the over. Over was like – all right, I got to look up the score of this game last year. 62-7. 62-7. I'm pretty sure the over-under was 70-something. It was like 71 or something. <laughs> And Nick Saban, like the score was like – it was like like 50-something to seven at halftime. and like 52-7. Yeah, it was 52-7 at halftime. In the second half, Nick Saban just
2: not going to score like at all. It's not like Buddy hey. Stevens, but Buddy Stevens coaching. He would have scored 100.
1: Yeah, which Buddy Stevens is coaching Alabama in that second half, I'll tell
0: you that. Yeah, respect respect the team. Respect the team hold. All right, so that's uh what? Four and one Ole Miss now taking on Vanderbilt for the homecoming game. At Oxford. This is a swing game, JB. Are you brave enough to pick Vanderbilt against Ole Miss for the homecoming? Well,
2: you, well you go back and look Vanderbilt preview. Do you remember who I picked? Okay, maybe you don't. Well, about this game, this is um, Ole Miss's homecoming game against Vanderbilt at home. And you don't you don't schedule a homecoming game against a conference opponent. You just don't do that. It's disrespectful. And I think Vanderbilt and then Ole Miss, you know, pretty much on the same level this year. I mean, Vanderbilt did go to bowl last year. They lost a lot of experience from last year's team, but Derek Mason always ready to play, and they're always played well against uh, Ole Miss. And with them being the uh, homecoming team opponent, uh, you know, I, that's just so disrespectful. And you know that. Derek Mason, the kind of guy that he likes to board material for his players, that's going to be a lot of motivation for them. I like Vanderbilt. to for Rebels.
0: <laughs> oh, you know, this is—I uh, guess this is technically a rivalry because this is like a crossover. This is some. This is a game that's actually kind of fun, even though it's not like you know two powerhouses playing. But it, it's kind of a fun crossover game, I think. But as you know that uh, Ole Miss does lead the all-time series. But it's not by as much as you would think. It's fifty one to forty games and then they, they tie tied two. <laughs> but they started playing this game. The first game was in eighteen ninety four and Vanderbilt won the first nineteen games of the series. So that's how Vanderbilt has forty wins total. Is they <laughs> won the first nineteen games from eighteen ninety four to nineteen thirty eight. I don't even know like how football looked back then, but I couldn't imagine. I just I can't imagine like Ole Miss was looking the same as they are today. Yeah,
1: it's definitely been uh, an exciting matchup these last few years. Um, Vanderbilt, I, I mean, I don't know if, if Ole Miss really cares about Vanderbilt that much, but I, I can definitely tell that Vanderbilt does not like Ole Miss, and they always get up for this game. And um, on the Vanderbilt preview, also picks Vanderbilt to win this game. Um, Ole Miss is coming off of a trip to Alabama where I think they're going to beat down pretty bad. We've seen a lot of teams struggle the week after they play Alabama. And I just think, you know, I'm just a really big fan of Keyshawn Vaughn. Um, he's like, probably our, you know, favorite player this year in the SEC. And, um, you know, I just think he's going to have a big game against that Ole Miss defense. It's going to be a little bit worn out from the Alabama the week before. And I don't think Ole Miss is really, like, looking forward to this game. I think, you know, it's not really a game they're getting, going to get, like, excited for or anything. So, I think uh, Vanderbilt's going to sneak up and have a big game in this one and get the win.
0: Keyshawn Bond versus Scotty Phillips. That's a good matchup now. That's right. I like. But Vanderbilt does play better defense. I think that's where uh, Keyshawn Bond's going to excel at is that Ole Miss doesn't play defense. So, (laughs) I get where you're going with that. So, Ole Miss loses two in a row after winning four in a row. So, now they're four and two going to Missouri um, to play the Tigers. Kelly Bryant and Derek Dooley and your favorite coach, Barry Odom Holt. Can Ole Miss pull off a miracle here?
1: No, I don't think so. I mean, I think they, I think they can, but um, I'm definitely going to go with Missouri in this one. I would give Missouri like an 85-90% chance of winning this game. Um, I just feel like they're going to be able to move the ball um, with Kelly Bryan and Larry Roundtree, who's a really underrated running back. Um, I think they're both going to have big games in this one running the ball. And, uh, you know, Missouri's low-key explosive on offense. I mean, I know they lose uh, Drew Locke from last year, but I still think they're going to be able to create some explosive plays. And uh, I think, you know, obviously being out of Missouri, I just think it's a good situation for the for the Tigers.
0: JB, do you think it matters if a team loses or wins the game before the, the, that game? For instance, do you think it's better to have more momentum in like a 4-0 start starting uh, start of the season, excuse me, 4-0? Or do you think it's better to lose two or three games in a row and you finally – Play hard after that, like you're you're more focused because you lost so much. What do you what do you think is you think it matters or do you think it's better for one way or
2: the other? I don't think it really matters either way, but a lot of times uh, coaches can lose teams if you start off really bad. You know, with you know a couple of losses at start start a season. So I would definitely rather take the uh, softer schedule, you know, and start off four and zero because you got your team, you know, ready. Your team is still you know with you. You haven't lost a team at all. You're four and zero. You're undefeated. I think it's a better situation if you had to ask me. But I really uh, like Missouri this year. I think uh, they're the second-best team in the East uh, this coming season. I got, actually got them picked to finish second in the East this year in the pecking order. And I like uh, this Missouri team. Offense, I think it's really not going to step back like people think. that Kelly Bryant is as good as Drew Locke. I just think that uh, that system is really favorable for quarterbacks. I think Missouri's going to put up a lot of points. And that's really going to be a test for um, Mike McIntyre to try to scheme against this Missouri offense because Missouri's got a lot of good weapons. Uh, you know, running running the ball, they can throw the ball. Really solid offensive line. They can beat you in any way. I, I, but I do like Missouri in this one. I think Missouri's going to be able to put up a lot of points. I think the Ole Miss will be able to score some points too. But for this game being in Columbia, I think that Missouri wins by double digits.
0: Four and three Ole Miss can – they stopped the bleeding. I don't know if they can stop the bleeding. This is just the real part of the schedule. Uh play Texas AM and Oxford. Texas AM is gonna be one of those teams that's improved pulling last year, even though we said their their schedule is a little bit tougher and their wins might not show up, but they might be they're probably gonna be a better team this year. So Holt, preview this game for me.
1: Yeah, I mean I just I think Texas AM is gonna be a lot more physical this year than they have been the last couple of years. I think that's really the most important thing that you're going to see between the difference between last year's team and this year's team, you know, that was always the problem under someone was just physicality. And I think they're going to be a lot more physical this year. Um, You know, they do lose uh, Trayvon Williams, you know, the SEC slow smoke favorite last year, Um, you know, one of our favorite guys. So, um, you know, they're definitely going to miss him, but I still think on the ball, they're going to be a really, as I was saying, and uh, Kellen Mond has got another year under his belt and he's a really talented player. So I know he's a, you know, you're a big fan of Kellen Mond, So, uh, I just – you know, I mean, I just think Texas and m just really talented. I think they're going to be really, uh, really solid team this year, and they're going to, you know, take that big step forward in year two under old Jimbo and all of his uh, all of his guaranteed money.
0: Yeah. Is there a better Twitter account than Jive Jimbo Fisher, or is Jive Kevin Sumlin better? Uh, I think Slow Smokes
1: is better than both of them.
0: Oh, you're right. Excuse me. Sorry. I like I like jive. Uh, I probably like jive, Kevin Sumlin, a little bit better, but that's just me. Um, JB, I'm going to skip over you for this one, unless you are burning to say something besides Texas A&M was going to win this game, and I'll let you have a floor for Auburn.
2: Nah, I'm I'm going to go with uh, Texas A&M in this one. Jimmy uh, Fisher is building a uh, monster in college nation. The monster is not going to awaken this season, but uh, you're definitely going to see more glimpses this year with Texas A&M. I mean, Jimmy Fisher's. A-
0: building something special down there Auburn JB at Auburn Ole Miss goes to Auburn can they stop the bleeding can they get a win after winning winning four games now losing four games can they stop the bleeding at Auburn is Auburn gonna
2: crash and Gus is gonna be fired that's their only hope right yeah that'd be the only hope is that if Auburn season is really bad at this point but I don't think Auburn is gonna be bad I actually a lot this year to uh Maybe I get, I don't know if I want to call surprise some people, but I do think they're going to be a much improved team because if history is shown with Gus Malzahn, they have off and on years. Last year it was an off year. This year is an on year and Auburn's on years are always when they are not predict, predicted to be as good. So I expect Auburn to be a pretty good team this year. They're going to be focused at home against an Ole Miss team that, like you said, is probably going to be reeling at this point. I don't think they can stop the bleeding in Jordan here. Auburn came into Oxford last year and, pretty much dominated from the uh, first half to the end. They won thirty-one sixteen, 16 but they were in control the whole time. And I think Auburn controls this game all four quarters. and wins. Well, what's going to be fun to watch this game is, because we're not
0: saying Ole Miss's defense is great, and or they're not going to be great, and Auburn, if they're running their offense, with, especially with Gus on coaching the offense now, or calling the plays, um, what's going to be fun to watch is how many, like, Four yard plays, Auburn can get, and just run runs up the middle. Of all these, you know, guys in motion, um, and just control the clock and time of possession. I think that's what I would see in this game. Um, Holt, do you think Auburn is going to be a top ten team at this point, or unranked? Um, wow, that's a really tough question to maybe pick between those two.
1: Um, I think Auburn's actually going to surprise the people this year, but their schedule is so hard. That I just don't know. Um, they're going to be coming off a trip to Baton Rouge in this game, where they haven't won since the '90s, um, which is crazy considering they play there every other year. So it's really, you know, it's going to be a really exciting um, season for Auburn. JB, why do you keep making? JB's <laughs> trying to signal something to me, but I yeah, can't pick I'm up. Yeah, I'm signaling
2: Auburn's record at this point. It's probably going to be six, ten, so I don't think that'll be good enough to be top ten, but definitely top fifteen, top twenty.
1: Okay. So, anyway, uh, as I was saying, um, I think that Auburn could definitely surprise some people this year. I mean, the, it's just their schedule is so hard. Like, I mean, that's just a problem. I mean, their schedule is so hard. But, I mean, I do think they're good enough to go on the road and win games. And a lot of people have been talking about how, like, Auburn doesn't have an experienced quarterback. But, like, every time Malzon has had an inexperienced quarterback, they've pretty much done well. Except for, like, the one year right. under uh, Jeremy – was it Johnson? Jeremy Johnson. It, the, that, like that was like the one year where like they he wasn't good with the first year quarterback. Actually, the problem with Malzon has been like the second year quarterbacks, like the second and third year of his quarterbacks is when he's really struggled. Um, so he's going to have a new quarterback this year. It's either going to be Joey Gaywood or Bo Nix. Um, you know, Nix uh, will be the true freshman, Gaywood a retro freshman. So um, not to dive into Auburn too much, but I just I think they're going to be able to run the ball a little bit because uh, those are both running quarterbacks. Booby Whitlow is a really good runner as well. And this game's at home, so I think they're going to have a big game running the football, and now they're going to get the win. Four and five,
0: Ole Miss takes on New Mexico State at Ole Miss.
2: They stopped the bleeding finally, right, JB? Yeah, yeah, they definitely get this win against New Mexico State. Got to go with Ole Miss here. They just have way too much talent, and this is where the bleeding stops.
0: Okay, cool. So that would be four, five, and five. Unless Holt thinks New Mexico State's going to win this game. Uh, no, I do not think New Mexico State is going to win this game, but I did just realize that this would mean that
1: Ole Miss would likely be playing Mississippi State with a chance to go to a bowl game, and that just, like, makes me not feel comfortable.
0: Yeah. So, we'll, 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 we'll just wait till we get there. Um, LSU at Ole Miss. Um, ooh, it's a tough one. Uh, I think LSU is going to win, but um, it could be a little bit closer, you
2: think, right, JB? Um, I mean, this is a rivalry game. I mean, this the series has been close in the past, but I gotta go with LSU in this one. I think LSU at this point in the season is probably gonna have um, no more than two losses. I actually think at this point in this might have. Um, you know, actually at this point, yeah, I think that's probably right. They're probably not gonna have more than two losses at this point in the season. I think LSU's their schedule sets up pretty well. I like them to win at Texas. That's probably the difference between two and three losses at this point. But uh, LSU, to me, uh, their their defense is going to be really good this year. I mean, they're going to be one of the better defenses, not just in SEC, but the entire country. Uh, Dave Miranda's done an a- outstanding job with his scheme there, and their secondary is going to be absolutely flying all over the field. Uh, it's going to be hard for Ole Miss to uh, put enough points in this game. I think that LSU will be able to score enough, you know, and be able to control the tempo. Uh, with the uh, stable Joe Burrow at center. So I'm going to go with the LSU in this one.
0: Hold, do you disagree? No, I'm going with
1: LSU as well. I mean, that's good on defense. I mean, this is probably going to be one of the best defenses in the country this year. Um, you know, Grant Pitt and um, all those guys they have, you know, Kayvon on is going to be back this year as well, who's a really um, exciting edge rusher. Um, I think he's kind of like the missing ingredient for this defense. Um from a season ago, Uh, they had to blitz a lot more than they would have liked to last year, but he's more of an edge rusher, so they don't have to blitz as much with him in the game. He tore his ACL in the first game of the season last year, so, um, you know, obviously him coming back is going to be a huge deal, but I expect LSU's defense to be just absolutely nasty this year. Um, You know, I'm not, like, in love with Joe Burrow, but I think he's good enough. I think they have enough skill positions, uh, skill position guys on offense to make plays, and you know, I know we'll talk about this more in the LSU preview, but I'm huge. I'm a huge John Emery guy. Uh, Going to be a true freshman running back for them this year. I really expect him to come in and make an impact right away, and I expect him to have a big game in this game as well.
0: Do you like Do you like him better than Trey Sanders? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you you watched both of them, or you know a little bit more than just their ranking? I just.
1: I haven't seen a ton of Trey Sanders, but I've seen enough of John Avery to know that, like, that dude's going to be a monster.
0: Yeah, that's exciting. she always
1: has good running backs, though. So does Alabama. So, um,
0: good for both of them.
1: But at the same time, I do just want to point out that I would not put it past that Orgeron to, like, screw around and lose a couple games he's not supposed to. So, this is definitely one of those opportunities. Obviously, this is a, you know, big rivalry game for Ole Miss. And, um you know, obviously, it's a really big game for them, and they always get up to play LSU, but I just, I'm just, i just not sure they have the horses uh, quite this year to
0: uh, to make a run at LSU.
1: Five and six Ole
0: Miss takes on Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl at Davis White Stadium. Hold. You're really nervous for this game. Are you going to be at this game? Yes. I've been at the Egg Bowl for at least the last five years, and then I've
1: been to every Egg Bowl in Oxford since – um, since I was in
0: high school, so besides it besides last year, it seems like the past five years, nothing has gone as planned in the Egg Bowl, correct?
1: Well, I mean, last year I think was about what I expected, but pretty much every
0: other year has been kind of unexpected, right? That's what I'm saying. Last year was exactly what we expected, it was a, just a mystery staple about. Um, but uh, this year, do you expect? anything different from this game? Do you think, you know, Mississippi State should win this game. Mississippi State's the better team. They have better defense, probably, probably better offense, too. So, do you think um, Mississippi State is just going to win by 30 points?
1: No, I think this is going to be a close game. And uh, actually, the streak right now is the road team has won three in a row. So, um, it's definitely not a guarantee that just because State's at home are going to win this game. Um, I mean, obviously, this is, you know, one of the – uglier robberies in college football, and uh, I really think anything could happen. Uh, that being said, I mean, I just feel like Mississippi is probably a safer pick. I feel like Ole Miss definitely has a lot of, um, you know, skill position guys on offense that could definitely be a problem, but I just – I trust Mississippi State more along the lines of scrimmage, and, you know, I know that, like, a lot of crazy things can happen, but I just think Mississippi State's a safer pick in this one.
0: J.B., I'll even let you talk on this one.
2: Yeah, sure. Well, you know, I, I think this game is going to be a lot closer than uh, last year. Last year's game was just ugly pretty much from the beginning. I mean, Mississippi State absolutely dominated on, in this game. Uh, they shut down Ole Miss's offense, only allowed him to three points the entire game. Uh, this year, I think Ole Miss is going to be able to put up a lot more points, and I think this one's going to actually go all four quarters. I think Ole Miss is going to come in motivated in this one. I mean, whether they have four wins and they just want to spoil Mississippi State season and, you know, have a revenge from last year, or they're five and six, like Holt thinks, and playing for a bowl bid. Regardless, I think Ole Miss is still going to be highly motivated in this game, regardless of the situation. And I like Ole Miss to uh, really play their guts out in this one. I think it's going to go all four quarters. But in the end, uh, Mississippi State's going to be able to uh, sneak away and uh bite her. And I'm going to go with uh, the Bulldogs in this one.
0: So they just missed the bowl game, five and seven for the year. Um, no fire takes for this schedule from either of you. I, I don't know. The biggest one that's a little controversial is somewhere in the first four games between Arkansas and California, I guess, maybe Memphis, if you don't call that one too, but I guess, no. no yep,
2: yeah, I think I was the one that I only one that picked Ole Miss to lose to Memphis.
0: Yeah, you were,
2: you're were right. You're
0: right. And even then like, that's, that's just a true toss up. I mean, the, the, Tough games, the toss-up ones, those are truly toss-ups, so that's not really fire takes. None of y'all picked Ole Miss to beat LSU, A&M, Alabama, Auburn. What's up? Why don't y'all – I hold usually the bold one.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you can't be bold about, like, everything. I mean, so you got to be chalk sometimes. I mean, then it just wouldn't be fun. I mean, it just wouldn't be fair. It would just be, you know, fake and forced,
0: and, you know, we don't want that here. Oh, you—you've long been a big supporter of chaos in college football. Would you be a supporter of chaos if Ole Miss went eleven and zero or twelve and zero?
1: Uh, no, no, I would not be. I would not be supportive of that at all. Um, I do remember uh very vividly. Um, and I use that the right way. Not like JB the last time when he goes when he gets said. Uh, I remember it vividly. <laughs> But no, I do. I do vividly remember uh, cheering, cheering very hard for Ole Miss in that uh, 2009 or 2008 game at uh, Florida against uh, Tim Tebow and the Florida Gators. I remember pulling for Ole Miss really hard in that game, and I think that might be the last time that I just like really pulled hard
0: for Ole Miss to win a game. JB, is Ole Miss your second favorite team in the SEC?
2: No, they're not. I don't know where you get this from, but uh, as you know, um, I do not have season tickets. For Ole Miss games this year. That streak has come to an end. Do so. you still have your visor, though? No, I do not have a visor. You did wear Ole Miss colors did. To every game. Yeah, I did get a polo. That polo, I did not buy bought for me, but I wore it to blend in, as Holt would say. I guess, you know, you can call whatever that's, it is. That's not my, whole thing. that's you saying.
0: That's what you said.
2: Yeah, all my soul to the devil is what it was. You know, I didn't Buy the polo. I do not claim buying the polo. It was definitely given to me, but I sold my soul to the devil doing that. I won't. I don't know why I ever did. I regret it. But you know, I'm not a Ole Miss fan whatsoever. I mean, as a visiting fan, it's definitely sometimes can be one, not the best experience. Uh, the student body at Ole Miss is definitely unforgiving at times, just by the way they act. But I don't have season tickets in my family anymore, so I don't really have any reason to go to Oxford. I would love going down there. I enjoy the atmosphere. I love watching SEC football.
0: Ajax. i pay
2: dollars to go, you know, see a game down there either, especially when it's just a game down neutral for.
0: Yeah. Um, I think the official second favorite team for slow, SEC slow smoked is probably LSU among all of us. I think we can all agree that LSU is our second favorite team. I don't know about y'all. I like, I like Auburn, but not as much as uh, – Holt does.
2: <laughs> I don't think Holt and I can say we have second favorite teams. You know, when you're in the you don't have a second favorite team. You got one team and one team because everyone's a rivalry in this conference. No, team. I mean I
0: understand what you're saying. That's that's not what I mean. what I mean is if you like the team you not necessarily going to cheer for, but you you enjoy watching. You enjoy watching them be good and like, but you're not necessarily cheering for them. I think it's not Alabama at this point. It's not Florida for you or for him. I think it's LSU. Is the consensus because I really like seeing Coach O do well, and LSU just a you know big football powerhouse that hasn't reached its full potential in a while. Maybe last year, but even then, they haven't been SEC championship or national championship good in a while.
1: Yeah, I mean, I used to sort of like pull for Georgia just because I really liked Mark Ricks but now they've gotten so good that I definitely like am not pulling for them anymore. If I just say like this year that like I'm definitely pulling for. Um, and SEC, it would probably be South Carolina. I'd really like to see South Carolina have, like, a good year and maybe pull a
0: couple upsets on that really difficult schedule they have. Yeah. It. Um, do y'all see the, the picture I tweeted out the other day? I think it was today, actually, yesterday. But Spurger, whenever he said uh, about people in Fayetteville and Knoxville doing cartwheels, they went 7-6. to
2: It probably holds true this year for both of them. That's, the,
0: that's exactly what I said, J.B. I, that's yeah. Oh, what was saying? it?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, exactly what yeah, I said. That. It would yeah, be. It's, yeah, it's funny. That quote from a few years ago definitely holds true. And it's not just for Tennessee and Arkansas, it definitely holds true for Ole Miss this year, too. I mean, I think a lot of fans in Oxford will be doing cartwheels if Ole Miss can get to a bowl with this team. And if they get to a bowl, it's a very good season. And especially, Matt Luke will definitely get another year,
0: especially if it's at the expense of Mississippi State fans. But yeah. We shall see. Hopefully, that doesn't happen for all's sake. But, you know, we're just neutral, neutral uh, SEC observers at this point. So we'll see. But thanks for listening to another team preview podcast for Ole Miss. Next up will be another SEC West team to be determined. But until then, we'll see you next time.
2: Thanks for tuning in to another outstanding episode of the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. Be sure to rate us and subscribe on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SEC Slow Smoked. Spread the good word on this podcast like the chili and cheese on your fries. If you like this podcast, tell a friend, because there's plenty to go around. Oh, yeah.